Good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day that you have given us today to be in worship with you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit down into our homes and into our hearts so, we that, so that we can understand the message that you have sent forth for us today to hear and to understand. And Lord, I pray for a blessing to be upon this message. I pray for uh, more understanding of your love for us as we hear this message today. Lord, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness. Thank you for always being a part of our lives, even when we try to walk away. But Lord, that is your love that you have for us, that you will always be there for us. Thank you for always hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last month was the month that many associate as a month of love. We think of chocolates, flowers, Valentine's cards, and many other things that draw our minds to love or loving our loved ones. The dictionary defines the word love as an intense feeling of deep affection. The Urban Dictionary defines love as the act of caring and giving to someone else, having someone's best interest and well-being as a priority in your life. To truly love is a very selfless act. In English, we only have one word for love. However, the Greeks have multiple words for love. The words philia, eros, and agape all mean love, but they are each a different kind of love. Philia, many of you will know from the city Philadelphia also known as the city of brotherly love. Philia is a friendship kind of love, a love between equals or friends or family. Eros is a more romantic kind of love. And then there's agape. Agape is an other-centered kind of love. It refers to an unconditional kind of love. In scripture, it is the highest kind of love that there is. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. You can't get any higher than that. God is the example of agape love. His love is an other-centered love. Everything God has done is for others, and we can see that from the very beginning of creation. The light, the sky, the land, seas, plants, and trees, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the creatures that lived in the sea and creatures that could fly, and the animals that lived on land, all were created before man. In God's other-centered love, or agape love, He made sure that everything was set up, set up for the creation of man. God didn't need all those things He created, but He knew we needed it. God is not selfish. When I first read 1 John 4, 8 and realized that God is love, when you replace the word love with God, it had a whole new meaning to me. For example, one of the most used scripture verses at weddings is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. Love is patient and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When you replace love with God, it tells us God's character. God is patient, God is kind, etc. And you go to the first sentence of verse 8, it says, Love does not fail. God does not fail. God is a relational God. He wants a relationship with us. Why else would He have created us? I want us to take a look at three verses. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 7, and Acts 
chapter 17, verses 24 to 25. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. This verse sounds like God created man just because he wants to be glorified. But when we look at Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 25, it says, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. This verse tells us that God created everything and it wasn't because he needed it. God doesn't need anything. He didn't create man because he needed people to tell him how awesome he is or to give him glory. So if God didn't create us because he needed us to give him glory, why were we created? The English language can be tricky. In Isaiah, it could be interpreted that we were created to give God glory. What the prophet Isaiah is actually saying here is not that everyone who God created was because God needs glory or wants glory. It's because God wants to give us his glory. We can't add to the glory that he already has. He wants to give us his majesty. He wants to give us his love. God's glory is about who God is, and love is the truest definition of who he is. It is from his love that we are able to then love him and love others. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. It's reciprocal. Relationships are reciprocal. At least it's supposed to be. It's not a true loving relationship if it isn't. Now, God shows us his love in so many ways. How has he shown his love for us? First and foremost, he gave us life. That in and of itself is love. How can we show God that we love him? The Bible tells us clearly when Jesus says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Notice Jesus doesn't say, if you want me to love you, keep my commandments. We are not given his love on the condition that we keep his commandments. We keep his commandments because we love him. So many like to say it's not about religion, it's about a relationship, because religion is about rules, and a lot of times they're talking about the commandments. But there are rules to relationships as well. The commandments that God has given us come from the love he has for us. These rules are meant for our good, and we see that when we obey the rules, good things happen. One of the rules he gave us really stands out as a rule that shows, that shows his love for us. It's the fourth commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the Sabbath day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Do you see what was mentioned there? Seventh day was mentioned twice. In the Bible, when things are repeated, it is to emphasize something important, like a person or event. And in this case, the emphasis is on the seventh day. But what did he do on the sixth day? He created humans, Adam and Eve. Now, we all know that God does not get tired when he, uh, when he was finished on the sixth day and rested on the seventh. 
And guess who else wasn't tired? Humans, Adam and Eve, were not tired because they were just created. After they were created, they were to rest with God on the seventh day. They were to commune with him in the beauty he designed for us. There is no other love like the love given to us by God. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And Jesus showed us God's love in human form. He showed us that love is when a man wipes away our tears, even after we left him hanging on the cross for our sins. That is an other kind of love. In a previous sermon, I mentioned the peace that one of my homeless friends has, that one of my homeless has because he knows Jesus. He has a relationship with him. This peace he has can only be given from Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This peace is not of this world. It's the peace that can only be given by God because of his love for us. When we allow Christ to abide in us, we receive this peace. I was in Maui one time and during Sabbath school, we were talking about fear. We were asked to name something we were afraid of. Some said spiders, some said something bad happening to their children. But the next question was this, should we be afraid if we have Jesus in us? And many still said yes to this question because fear is a natural human emotion. But when we turn to scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when we have Jesus in us, we have that perfect love in us, which casts out all fear. This was a reminder that we need to have a more solid relationship with our Lord and Savior. We need to put on the full armor of God to protect us from the wiles of the enemy. When we do this, he will take our natural human emotion and give us his supernatural love to remove the fears that we have. God's love is so amazing. Unless we are rooted in Christ, we can't even grasp how wide and deep his love truly is. We can't even fully explain God's love because it's an experience that one has to have in order to understand that his love surpasses every boundary. You may think that his love goes only as far as the eye can see, but it goes much further than that. There are children's stories where a parent tells their, chi their child or children that they love them to the moon and back. But God's love goes even further than that. He cares for the poor. He comforts those who mourn. He seeks the lost. You know, he leaves the 91 for the one. He is a father to the fatherless. He cares for the stranger in the foreign land. No matter where a person has been or where they are headed, he loves us all and welcomes us all when we welcome him into our lives. Your past does not define your future when you accept Christ's love for you. In fact, your past will provide a strong testimony to others who are searching for love, for the love that we have found in Jesus. With Jesus, we have that other kind of love that only he can give. So if you're looking for love, look for Jesus. You know, reading that God is a father to the fatherless struck a chord in me. It reminds me of my parents and how they adopted me. I was fatherless for seven weeks. Actually, I was parentless. But God gave me two loving parents who raised me with all the love they have. It was as if I was redeemed as a child. I was no longer parentless. I am blessed to have a good relationship with my parents, even though they aren't my biological parents. God's love is a redeeming love. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 to 7 says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. He adopted us and redeemed us through his son, Jesus Christ. Our Father who is in heaven has a long-lasting love for his children. The Bible even tells us many times that his love endures forever. Let's take a look at Psalm chapter 136. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God of give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love endures forever. <clears throat> to him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate, his love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, his love endures forever. Every verse in Psalm 136 repeats that his love or mercy endures forever, depending on which translation you are reading. When we understand that God's love is eternal, we know that God is always with us because his love will never fade away. We'll even continue to see this love in heaven. I want to end this story. I want to end with this story I found. It's called Accident with a Happy Ending. A man's wife had a car accident. She was so injured that she fell into a coma. Years passed, but he did not stop visiting his wife at the hospital. Even though almost everyone, including the doctors, had given up hope, he remained faithful that she would one day recover. Every day he visited her, he began talking to her, recounting all those beautiful moments they spent with each other. One day, when he showed her the video of their wedding day, she slowly began to move her hand. She whispered his name and began gaining consciousness. Several weeks after she had woken up, she had fully recovered and was finally allowed to leave the hospital for good. When the couple left, she told him that she heard his voice while she was in a coma 
and that it was his voice that was the greatest aid in helping her to return to consciousness. This story can be likened to many of us who have fallen into a spiritual coma. God's love for us keeps him visiting us every day. He never gives us hope in us waking up to accept his love. He remains faithful to us. He visits us and whispers in that still small voice, guiding us to him. He shows us his love daily when we choose to see it. And when we finally awaken from our spiritual coma, he is there with arms wide open. No matter how many days, months, or years it takes for us to wake up, he continues to love us. If you haven't already awakened to receive God's love, what's preventing you from waking up? Jesus is coming soon. Don't oversleep. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your everlasting, never-ending love that you have for us. Lord, as we leave here today, we pray that we will see your love surrounding us every day, filling us every day to where it will pour out of us and that your love through us will shine onto others and overflow into others as well. So Lord, just keep reminding us, keep instilling us, keep speaking to us in that still small voice that you are here with us and that you love us. So as we leave here today, Lord, we just ask that you bless us, protect us, provide for us, love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.